It's all left up to us to change this present situation. Take lesson from our elders. Don't make the same mistake. Let's do what we love and get rid of all the hate. Our elders taught us one thing. present situation our leaders make us fight we don't know what for if they want people killed let them fight the war it's gotta end somewhere this killer's got to cease if no one went to fight we'd all live in peace our generation it's all left up to us our generation Just what we must straighten it out. Straighten it out. Is why we're together and stronger than they ever thought it could be. A world motherless can help care cover this. A love for all people, no matter what the culture is. Our generation is making huge strides. A self-empowering movement that's on the rise. The more the doors open, the more the youth can see. A fair chance means a greater opportunity to have a brighter future, deeper insight. Work hard to be anything you want in life. It's what it's all about. The longevity, educated enough to know what's ahead of me. Here to straighten it out, seeking your Fine. They can cage your body, but not your mind. We lay it all on the line in the struggle we grew, but together here's what we gotta do. Our generation is all left up to us. Our generation, let's do just what we must. Straighten it out. Straighten it out. Come on. Straighten it out. Thank you for tuning in to WVEW LP Brattleboro 107.7 FM, Brattleboro's community radio station. It's Sunday at 1 and you're listening to Indigo Radio. We are a group of educators seeking to deepen understanding and make connections. Find us at Indigo Radio on Instagram, Facebook, or download a previous show on SoundCloud and Apple iTunes. We've been broadcasting for over four years with shows about education, prisons, labor, health, housing, media, and of course, Youth Voices of Resistance. Subscribe weekly to hear more. We spend the hour today in conversation with four middle schoolers in Springfield, Vermont. We talk about their life during pandemic, lessons learned, and hopes for the future. These students are part of a group called Youth in Action, and I am beyond grateful for the year 
that we've had being able to learn from these incredible young people as we analyze our thoughts and work to make the world a better place. I want to thank the families for the support in our projects over the year. Just a few of them include the MLK Speak Out, Community Gardens, and creating videos to teach peers about racism. We will continue to meet throughout the summer for Art in the Park and find ways to educate ourselves and others. I'm just a seventh grader who's kind of kind of a nerd and makes it my personality. Heck yeah. I'm a sixth grader at Riverside. And yeah, I'm a seventh grader at Riverside. There's not much about me. I'm just there. Well, not there, but yeah. <laughs> We're very good at this whole radio thing. <laughs> You're more than that, Maya. You're more than just there. Maya's <laughs> you chose some of the most socially awkward people I know. I also chose some of the most thoughtful people that I know. So we're here today. One of the big questions that I want to hear from you all about is, you know, we've lived through a year and a half of a global pandemic that shifted our lives a lot. Um, and I also yeah, I want to talk a little bit about what this year has been like for you all. Chaotic. Um, that's really the good way to put it, I guess. I already had a meh place, and then being forced to stay at that for, for long periods of time, with every other week being, oh, the corona killed, the corona killed a bunch more people, and x places in lockdown for y amount of days like every week it it was it was rough but it, it's gotten better and i'm happy it's almost over i second um that what anthony said just because it's hard to like in a way like keep moving forward with school when you turn on the news and then there's just more sad and sad things happening yeah, I think it's just been a really hard time for a lot of people, but it's also been a really good time for self-discovery, self-rediscovery, self-improvement. You know, you've really gotten to have time to get to know yourself, and it's been all about you and just trying to make yourself a better person and who you want to be. Yeah, I second that. Same. What have you all done this year to like try to, um, like what Maya said, make make yourselves better and focus on the, the things that you can do to grow? Well, for starters, I can be kind of a jerk at sometimes and I'm working on that and I prefer not to do that. So I focus on that. So I'm not that. I think I've been really working on trying to make more positivity for myself. Like I've been trying to space myself from people that aren't necessarily good for me or people that make me stressed. And I've also like tried to be more unique and more like how I wanna be rather than how people think I should be. Like I remember I had this whole TikTok girl kind of phase in like fourth grade and that really wasn't who I think I should be. So this year I've kind of focused on 
being more expressive of who I am and who I want to be and who I like being. Um, I'll, I think something that I'm working on because of the pandemic is like before the pandemic started, I kind of took advantage, if you would say, of things that I would get to do every day, like doing soccer, basketball, seeing friends in school. And one thing that I especially like learned and was teaching myself was just to kind of like love nature that you have right here. Because before I just kind of was like, I don't ever want to go outside. It's going to be too hot or in this and that. But then because of the pandemic, I haven't been able to get outside, which is a big kind of a, a big problem. Yeah, I definitely agree. Nature, nature is nice and nature was definitely taken for granted. Yep. Going outside and being around people it's it's a whole different thing nowadays like before it's just like yep i'm going but now it's like oh my gosh i get to go outside i get to go places i get to go for drives like obviously i can't drive because i'm 13 but i get i get to go on rides and stuff it's fun and it's really inspiring to hear the different ways that you all have taken this challenge and and use it to reflect on yourselves and think about the things that maybe are not as good and maybe the things that you want to be better at and also like just that recognition of the things that we have learning to appreciate them and not taking advantage i think if everyone went through the pandemic in the way that you all have we our world would be a better place <laughs> i'm wondering you all are very thoughtful um people as your answers show so far and i'm wondering Aside from the things that you've learned about yourself, what would you say are some big lessons about the world, about our country that you've learned this year living through the pandemic? A lot of people were good at hiding how hateful they were. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that there were a lot of these people that I've hung out with and surrounded myself with that seemed like great awesome supportive amazing people and then over the course of the quarantine a lot of them just started to become jerks is the most simple way i can put that and, it, yeah, and i think oh sorry i'll, I'll let you finish it was it, i'm just it's weird seeing how many people were good at hiding how hateful they are towards things because now they're like, they're like, it's the end of the quarantine and they're not used to socially interacting. So they're not used to hiding this stuff anymore. And it's just like, you didn't have to say that people that I'm not going to name. Yeah, I think that a little bit of that had to do with the kind of presidential debate thing. Like a lot of people that I thought were super cool, super supportive turned out to be someone who I didn't think they were like some people turned out to be homophobic and I was like wait a minute whoa I don't want to hang out with you anymore <laughs> it also probably had to do with if you you can uh, you can express your opinions on social media a little more freely because nobody really knows who you are you can hide your face from an account but then when you get back into the real world it's like you're not used to 
people judging you and not being able to defend yourself against it by anonymity. Hi, Max. We're doing a radio presentation. Okay. Uh, what did I miss? <laughs> this a is little. so perfect, Max. I'm gonna I, keep this. I, I thought that <laughs> I needed to go to like a different thing, and I was trying to find out what you like said in the email and all that. Okay. Well, Max, we are just in the middle of answering a question. What are some things that you've learned about the world through living through this pandemic? So, welcome, Max. Another wonderful, thoughtful seventh grader who is late, but here. Thank you, Max. One of the things that I kind of realized during this whole pandemic thing is that, like, I before the pandemic, I kind of just saw people. And then now, thinking back on that, I'm like, and then, like, looking back on movies and stuff, I'm every time that, like, two characters get close, I'm like, whoa, 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 they're getting too close together. They should be apart. <laughs> And I think the pandemic kind of like changed my worldview because it, it made me think of like everything in a very uh, like germ centric way. Like what it, it kind of made me like rethink like, man, kissing. Think about how much germs we share during all that. And it kind of made me appreciate just being able to just see people. Because have you ever, do you, you've never appreciated just like, hanging out with someone before the pandemic you just hung out with people and you're like yeah this is pretty cool but it, it like it's crazy to think about now just hanging out just like having a good time like going to somewhere and just doing something you know i want to mention like i remember back in like january february of 2020 where i was like oh my god the rona or corona or some people called it coronavirus but yeah so i was i wore a mask at the beginning of it because i was like you know i think this might be serious so i'm gonna take it seriously just in case and then a bunch of people were like hey why are you wearing a mask it's not here and it's not gonna come here like this is gonna be over in like a month and look where we are now like 14 15 maybe even 20 months later. I don't know. The virus is here and it exists, but I'm wondering about the things that exist outside of the virus that have made this pandemic worse or made it um, like helped overcome the pandemic. The bad thing is that this pandemic could have been way shorter if people listened to COVID guidelines. Just like, come on people. Really? People People are dumb, and I think the the if you accept that people are dumb, and that if something bad happens, somebody will always be dumb, then I think the world gets a lot easier. You know, if there's one thing you guys should take away from this radio show, take away the quote, "People are dumb." Well, I'm gonna push back, Max. You're no longer going to be in my seventh grade social studies class, but I'm always going to make you think when you say people are dumb, it makes it sound like we're born that way. But I wonder, like you all are bringing up things that for me existed prior to the pandemic. So what are some of the reasons why people have acted in this way during the pandemic? Misinformation. 
not necessarily laziness, but more like if let's say that you that you really want the pandemic to not happen. So people cope in different ways. Some people cope with denying. So they just deny that it exists because if it doesn't exist, then they can they can don't, they don't have to listen to the restrictions. But I think that it, it's important to realize that those people, sure, they're not listening to the restrictions and they probably should. But it's because of their nature, it's because of their nurture, and it, and you know, it's because of how they were raised and how they were, how their situation would happen. Because those people aren't, they don't think of themselves as dumb. Other people do, though. So we, if we keep just, I, I'm. This is a direct contradiction to what I said before. Because I learned my lesson or whatever. Um, it's like a Darman video in like 20 seconds. Um, I, I think it's important to not write those people off as, oh yeah, they're just dumb and stupid and they can never change. They can change, but they won't change if we just write them off as dumb and stupid. Sure, they might be dumb and stupid, but not all of them are. Some of them are... Smart and like just read into the wrong facts or get misinformation or a whole web of different uh, ways that people can become quote unquote dumb. It's important to realize that like everyone is dumb in their own way. Where everyone is dumb by that definition. Mateo and Maya, I want to give you a chance to jump in. We're talking about. Um, the things we've learned about the world from the pandemic and maybe things that have exist in our world that um, we think helped humans get through the pandemic or things that exist in our world that made it harder for us to get through the pandemic. Uh, I have something that I saw on social media one time, I forgot what platform, but it was like, now during COVID, we have an automatic system of, trying uh, it, it kind of works sometimes to use masks and how people wear them to gauge what kind of person they are or if you want to talk to them like you know you have the people who wear it all the way up to their nose and all the way down under their chin that they're following they're trying to keep safe keep everyone safe and then there's people that wear it under their nose people who don't wear it at all it's you you have a kind of a meter to tell who you want to hang out with or who, who you want to talk to but that's that's going away now because of covid and i guess that's kind of bad but it's also good because covid's going away too so i'd probably say one of the things that like not that i've learned but like that we've learned because of the pandemic is that we i feel like a lot of people take advantage of everyday life because like when you see images of people or when you hear all these things about COVID, a lot of the people are stuck at home. They wish they could see their family and friends. And I feel like we kind of like, we don't realize how much we in a way like need or like have each other's backs, how much we had that before the pandemic. I have a few people in my family who have lost people very close to them during the pandemic. And it hurt to know that they couldn't be together in their last moments like I have a family member who lost their mother and their father I believe and they couldn't talk to their parents when they were dying 
like they had to wait outside of the hospital and it was super sad and you know it just i i think i'm glad that COVID is close to being resolved so we can all you know embrace what we have for our family and our friends and yeah that's pretty much what i was trying to say i'm not good at ending sentences uh another reason COVID sucked and another bad thing was yeah you weren't able to see the ones you you loved COVID started march last year i lost my aunt july last year and for that entire four month period i hadn't seen her once I ain't get to see my aunt once in the last four months of her time on this earth, and it, it's sad. I really miss her. But, I don't know, COVID, at, at least it's coming to an end. I guess that's still always a good thing. If you are talking to people in the future who might live through more pandemics or disasters, uh, what would you want to tell them about lessons learned? I think you all have answered them, but I'm just... I'm not sure if there's any other lessons that you would want to share with with people. Listen to science. Please listen to science. You are a person that as if you are a person that does not have a degree in some sort of science having to do with viruses, please don't think you are higher than science. Don't think you are smarter than the people who work for the government in order to protect people from viruses. If, if the CDC says there's a virus, please respect that and thank you. Yes, and the moon, the moon does exist. And virus and the vaccine does not make you magnetic. That is a real thing that people believe. A large group of people actually believe that the vaccine makes you magnetic. And that's a bad thing? That would be so cool, being Magneto. Then you wouldn't drop the coins out of your pocket when you sat down. Before Anthony and Mateo go, I just want to comment or ask another question to Maya and Max that, Maya, I think what you're saying is so important, but how do we know which science to trust or when it's people who are in the government who are saying that the vaccine is going to make us magnetic? How do we help young people sort through all of this information that's going around relentlessly without um, any sort of evidence behind it. Well, I think that if, so say Dr. Fauci, uh, like someone who is actual, actually a professional and is trusted by millions of people, say he says, oh, there's a, pand there's a pandemic, but I don't have any proof for it. I would still be cautious just in case and I would wait for evidence. And if someone says there's a pandemic and they have real evidence, I would probably still be cautious. You know, just if anything threatening is possibly happening, I wanna be cautious of it. Like there may be a tornado heading my way, says says the the, the radio or whatever. Let's let's just just in case stay in the basement for a couple hours. Oh yeah, and just to um, make sure people know this, this it was recorded in 2021. Um, so Maya just likes radios, I think. I don't know, but what I was going to say was that the thing about the pandemic is that it doesn't matter. 
if you have to wear a mask. Like, if someone says, oh, yeah, there might be a pandemic that's killed millions of people. Like, I don't care what the evidence is. If there's precautions I could take, I'm going to take them because it's better safe than sorry. That, 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 that expression is so much more true now because, you know, because, like, I, I'm fully vaccinated. But I still wear a mask. I still socially distance because it's not 100% um, effective. And I know that I can still give it to people. So unless, unless something is, unless I have researched something, I will just stick with the most safest option possible. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I am fully vaccinated. I just got my vaccine a week ago today, like my second shot. And I, I I'm, I'm still going to wear my mask because I don't, even though I'm safe, which is not completely true because I've heard of cases where the, the virus can actually break through the vaccine. It's very, very unlikely, but just in case I'm trying to keep myself safe and others who are not fully vaccinated safe, like people who have bad immune systems. I'm trying to help other people. You know, it's not just for myself, like, oh, I can't get it. I can't die from it, so I don't have to wear a mask. No, no. Other people can die from it, and I don't care if you don't want to wear a mask because you think you're safe. Other people, think about other people. You know, someone's brother could be someone's brother, someone's family. Think about how they, how their family would feel if they died because of a reckless person who wasn't wearing a mask. I just, I want to be considerate of other people. Better safe than sorry. And we have definitely spent a sorry past 15 months. We learned a little bit about uh, the Tainos in our class this year. And I'm making, I'm making you think all the way back to September with this question. Um, and I'm wondering, like within it, I'm thinking about actually a presentation that Anthony did com connecting the Tainos to today. And one of the, some of the things that you all are bringing up are reminding me of that, those conversations, the ways in which um, our society rewards people for acting selfish or thinking only about themselves um, versus thinking in a like collaborative and community way. Well, and Go ahead, Max. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking of that, um, in very early humans, that we have evidence that the genes that have been passed on and the genes that work better are selfish genes. So, people collaboration is um, collaboration with anyone other than your tribe is actually is actually less common in genetics. Max, I don't know if that's true. That's what we've been taught is true. Yeah, that's why it's hard to be nice. That's why it's harder to be nice than to be selfish because our gene, because think about it. Let's say that we had a tribe that was friendly with a bunch of people and a tribe that took over and gained a bunch of resources from killing a bunch of people. That tribe would just kill the people who are friendly. But I don't think that there's a selfish gene. That's what I think is misinformation to support the individualistic ideas no, in our system. 
I know the video it's coming from. That's a huge, huge oversimplification, but the point still stands. It's a huge oversimplification, but the point is that selfish genes work better. Under what conditions? So here's um, what I'm going to tell you all. Yes, we live in a world where we don't know anything else but um, selfishness and competitiveness we live in a world you all have grown up during a time like just in this last last year and a half the world's two thousand billionaires had four trillion dollars more that they've gained in their wealth during the first year of the pandemic so that means their fortunes increased by 54 percent according to recent studies that's um we're talking about amazon jeff bezos is one of those examples and so within this context you are absolutely right but within a context of all of us thriving this gene that you're talking about of selfishness is actually causing more harm yeah i was just gonna say like i i kind of agree a little bit to the whole fact that selfishness is in the genes of everyone that we have a little bit but i also think that only goes to a certain degree because i mean if you think of like first responders they wouldn't if they had selfish i don't know i just i would say that probably only comes in certain circumstances if you gain absolutely nothing from doing something nice we won't do it if we gain absolutely nothing and no like if we think about it and we like we force we have to force ourselves to do something nice for no for no gain max let me ask you a question yes what what's the dna code for the selfish gene i don't know does it exist let me can you look at our gen our genetic code in the same way, can you look at our genetic code and find out what race somebody is? No, no. It's, well, a, it's no. a very hold on, Max. What other people combinations of gene? I, I'm, I'm just gonna say it's not a gene. I don't. I wouldn't be able to point it out because I don't know where it would be in the genes. But it's a collection of genes that do make people think this way. That was hugely oversimplified in a video we spent way too long sidetracking onto. I think this is actually the most important piece of our conversation here. Because there are consequences for thinking and believing that selfishness is something that we've inherited genetically versus something that we have been taught as how to act. So let me give let me tell you why I think this, and then I oh, want yeah. to hear your all's response. It's definitely a bit of both. It's because, a bit. Of- uh, in um, in Kerala, India, and in other places around the world where they live in community and where their sole purpose is to take care one of, of one another, they were hardly, I can't say not totally, but they were hardly impacted by the pandemic. Not because they didn't have cases, but because their healthcare was set up to take care of people, not for profit. 
And because all of the people there stopped what they were doing, knew that they didn't have to go to work um, or that if they did go to work, their focus became about taking care of one another. Because that is their tribe. That, that is their... that is an entire city who has been taught to act like that. Yes, because teaching do they have different more genes? powerful. Do they have I'm... different genes than us, do you think? No. But it's kind of the nature versus nurture debate where um where if you are if your nature is to be selfish and then you are constantly taught to not be selfish, what are you? Well, it, it's it's a whole debate um where which takes over is the thing because i think that teaching can be very powerful but sometimes our nature takes over but i think that in that case it's the nurture that won nature see i think that um mega mind i think that they had a very good idea how to deal with this pandemic like you know healthcare set up to help not to bring in funds like I always talk about this with my family, like, hey, I think that America should be more giving and less about funds. But, you know, I think we should all be working to help each other and help ourselves and not to, well, not ourselves. We should be working to help each other and not just all about money. Because I personally think that money is one of the main sources of all the world's problems. Like, people are a lot of people are only just worried about money and yes, the world would probably fall into chaos if we got rid of money, but you know, it, it is very problematic in a whole bunch of situations along with power. It's too much for some people to handle. What I was going to say is that originally so let 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 this. So originally it was bartering. It was all bartering. So let's say you had three cows and you wanted goats, and then some guy had goats and you were like, "Hey, you want to trade cows for goats?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure." But let's go to an alternate situation where he both of you still have cows and goats, and then the guy was like, "Yeah, I don't really want goats. I don't really want cows." And then you're like, "Dang, I guess I can't. I guess I'm just gonna need to keep these cows that I don't want." So how, why money was made is that so you can trade in your cows for a representation of those cows. Like, so that you, the guy might not want cows, but he can use that money as a representation of something else. He can use that money for bread, for, for different stuff. So it was made so, to make bartering easier. And it was made to make everything easier and make everyone happier. But the thing is, that money was turned not of a representation of things, but rather its own separate object that there's a lot of nuance to that. And it, 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 it strayed a lot from the idea, original idea of it, that rather than being a representation of an object, now it is an object within itself. And some people buy representations of money rather than representations, rather than the money being the representation. I don't know. I think sometimes we say money's the problem because we don't know how to describe it. But I'm wondering how this like stands for you all. When Max simplifies the purpose of money, right? 
to stand in for something. I'm wondering if we, what more people mean when they say money's the problem is the fact that um, humans have developed systems in which some people do the work and other people benefit from the work. And I wonder if that's the problem and if that's what's taught us to be selfish. Because there were always groups of people that got along just as much as there were groups that fought. So why are we focusing on the selfish piece? If there's also a piece of us that had to collaborate and work together in order to survive, why aren't we taught about that piece more? Why isn't the structure of our society set up for that piece to thrive rather than the selfish piece? All I was going to say, like, I was going to bring up the whole thing, the uh, conversation you were talking about with the city in India, and then Max had said about the whole nature versus nurture. I would say when you grow up into a society like that where everybody kind of has your back, I wouldn't say that's nurture. I would say more that that's the nature, how you're growing up to be more, like, less selfish than not most people, but in general. And that's what I think is interesting, that people can change based on different factors and different things that happen. People can change because it, the fact that our, our, our nurture does not, does not define us, neither does our nature. So if one of them is bad or, and, or both of them are bad, we can change we can get new we can become better people but the thing about it is that it takes work and it's hard and it's complicated and there's many nuances to it but the most important thing is that it can happen the question that i want us to always think about is where do these ideas come from who first brought up nature versus nurture. What type of society did they live in? How has that idea been used over time? All of these things are important to analyze the ideas in our heads. Okay, two things. Do you ever take anything at face value, Miss Book? I don't know what that means to take something at face value. I'm going to move on before you make me investigate what that means. The other thing is I pulled up the video that me and Max were talking about a bit ago about the selfish gene thing because i thought that that was literal but i'm looking again at the video it's called simulating i'm assuming this is the one you were talking about too max simulating green beard altruism by primer is, is that correct max did i yeah and yeah. yeah it's about it's about um i, I don't they think use, it was supposed to represent like yeah i was gonna say they, they use the phrase selfish gene versus altruistic gene but i don't think they're literal genes they're they're um genes for the sake of simulation stimulate the simulation thank you that's an important clarification though right yeah yeah i'm looking back at the video now and i i took it at face value at first but i don't think it is at face value yeah and take me um miss folk i don't know if you were serious but i did take that that um that phrase at face value to take something at face value means that you take that if you say I say I have bread at my house. You don't psychoanalyze the entire thing and wonder what the meaning of bread is. Listen, you tell me you have bread at the house 
And I'm going to ask the question, who made that bread? Who worked for it? How bought it? Who put it on the shelves at the grocery store? There is nothing at face value for me. I'm Look, taking Miss I'm Folk. telling you that I have bread. If you're going to ask a question, sandwiches. if you're going to ask a question, ask the normal ones. Like, what brand is it? What kind of bread is it? Does it have seeds? Does your bread have seeds, Max? I don't want it if your bread has seeds. You might want to know what seeds are in them. Okay? That's a fair question. But which question helps us understand the world more? And if well, you are if you are the workers who made the bread, which question is more important for you? Well, okay, yeah, I think that last is a fair point, but Miss Polk, it's bread in Max's cabinet. You don't need to understand the world more with that. We're talking about selfishness versus like cooperation. If we are not asked or if we do not question who are like who are the people who made this how how was it made under what conditions then we are not taught to care about the workers in our society and well, so I i'm going to ask this question every single time because as you just told me nobody else is asking it the question she was asking wasn't really what's the meaning of life she was asking like who made this because the people who are working in the factories and in the kitchen aren't getting the credit. Like who works at Amazon? Jeff Bezos. That's the guy I know who works at Amazon. Like we don't know the workers. Like maybe you have a personal connection with one of them and that's how you know who is packaging your, your stuff. But when you ask who, like when you say anything about Amazon, the first person that will pop into your head is the person who owns it and doesn't do any of the real hard labor. We're gonna transition a little bit. Anthony, I'd love for you to read us your poem. And then I wanna ask you all, what are the things that you're hopeful for? Earlier this year in January, we did a unit in social studies called Hope and Courage where we learned about some good things that happened and some hope and how people used hope and courage and did good things in the world. And we had a creative writing piece at the end, and I wrote a poem with it. And here's my poem. Hope and Courage, a trailer by Anthony Mitchell. Courage is a giant hammer swung by hope's two fists. They dress the bad in extra glamour. Courage is a giant hammer. We'll make them hear our demand and clamor. Whatever fought will not be missed. Courage is a giant hammer swung by hope's two fists. A good example, MLK, he ended segregation, treated like garbage thrown away. A good example, MLK, but he fought back with no delay, now a less racist nation. A good example, MLK, he ended segregation. MLK was not alone, children fought as well. Batch after batch, the racists groan. MLK was not alone, children in prisons like bags of stone, sick of this racist hell. MLK was not alone, children fought as well. Racism wasn't the only fight. Sexism was fought against, too. Women were sick of a ra lack of rights. Wim racism wasn't the only fight. All of the women, they unite, so the gender no longer number two. Racism wasn't the only fight. Sexism was fought against, too. Not all fights are that big. Some kids fought for a park. They needed a place to do their jig. Not all fights are that big. Now all they had was a dusty twig, so they made a remark. Not all fights are that big. Some kids fought for a park. If you believe you know it's right, then you can fight the brawl. Anyone, anywhere can fight, if you believe you know it's right, and enough people come to see the light, doesn't matter if it's big or small. 
if you believe you know what's right, then you could fight the brawl. Okay, tell us about your your poem a little bit more, Anthony, why you wrote that. Yeah, no, we did a entire unit in social studies about uh, hope and courage. Good people in the past, we particularly were talking about the Children's March a lot, which is a bunch of people in, I think it was 1963, Birmingham, Alabama, Children's March, where a bunch of black children marched across the streets to get put in the jails as a sign of protest, and it worked. It ended segregation, or it at least helped end segregation. MLK, MLK was not alone. Children fought as well. Maya, I think, is ready. Go ahead, Maya. Hope and Courage. How they benefit us and why we need them. By Maya Villamere. Me. To have hope is to believe in yourself and humanity and believing that you'll, you'll, you will reach your goal. It's like in your heart, you're so determined to make it that you almost know you will. It's knowing that all hasn't failed until there's nothing left. Hope is like a flicker of light in a dark abyss. Courage is something you must have to get through everyday life. No matter if you're building up courage to ask out that crush or to go skydiving, courage is the will to take risks. You have courage to have courage is to go for something even though you might not make it. And for that you need hope to guide you, to tell you that you will make it. Courage is the part of light that dares to shine. There are so many examples of hope and courage throughout history, like the young black school kids that marched in Birmingham, Alabama for freedom in 1963. They were courageous enough to walk the streets while they were being chased by vicious dogs and men with fire hoses. Many of them were arrested, and while in jail, their hope allowed them to sing their hearts out. Their hope let them know that this was going to be the act that ended segregation, or at least one of them. A few days later, the president addressed this brave act and made a televised announcement that there shall be no more segregation. There are also examples in literature, in literature like the kids in Venezuela in The Streets Are Free by Carusa. The kids needed a playground, so they asked the mayor for one. They picked a spot, and the mayor promised he would build it there, but then he didn't follow through with it. The kids were courageous to walk all the way to the mayor's office alone and ask for the playground. Their hope helped them to stay determined. The people that have worked to change this world were and are amazing in pretty much every way. I'm inspired by each and every one of them and want to make the change they did. I don't want to go down, history, down in history, but I still want to be part of the change. I want to help for... I want to help stand for racial justice, stand for LGBTQ plus rights and health care, help protect my rights as a woman, rebuild the, the judicial system from the bottom. And I want to do the I want to do these things while joined in arms with other amazing human beings. I have protested for the Black Lives Matter movement and I have spoken out for other causes on social media. Both of these I have done alongside others physically and virtually because we are courageous and we have hope for the future of this small, small town, this state, this country, this continent, and this deeply messed up world. I wish to see a world where you can go into a hospital and get treatment no matter your race, sexual identity, gender, etc. I wish to live in a world where you can walk down the street without getting beaten or killed for who you are. I wish for this world to be a place where I don't have to wear a vest with the patches that read Black Lives Matter 
hands off our bodies, love is love, or I don't like fascist oranges. I wish for a better world, but I know I won't just get it. Others and I will have to build it, remake it in an image of good and acceptance. One thing I know, it will never be perfect. There will always be those people who are against you, your beliefs, your existence. Even though these people will always be there, we will too. We'll just keep coming at them with hope and courage. Thank you, so, Maya. Yeah, that was my essay thing. I, I, I wrote for our I, 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 final I'm laughing, but you can't hear it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that was my essay I wrote for our final project thingy a few months ago. And I, I messed up a couple times reading it, but, you know, I'm only human, so I mess <laughs> up a lot. I'd love to end our show with the things that you all hope for the world. The things that keep you hopeful, that give you courage to speak out, as you all do every day, but also the things that you hope for this world. And we'll go around and maybe each person can answer. You see, I hope personally that people are supportive in the future of things that people can't control. You can't. You can't control your race, your sexuality, your gender. You can't control any of that crap. And the fact that people are still hateful for, towards that stuff, it just isn't good. So I hope for our world in the future, people get less hateful to no hateful about that stuff. No hate would be the best one, but there's always going to be at least one person who's hateful. So that's an unrealistic goal. But... Less hate is still great. Yeah, I hope for young people and for the future, pretty much the same Anthony hopes. I hope that people will be more accepting and more open-minded to a whole bunch of other ideas that are different to them or unusual to how they perceive life and the world. But I get my hope from all the beautiful people I've met online or in person. Like, I used to talk to this girl online, and she was, she was awesome. She was standing up for her rights, and she was very awesome. She, I haven't talked to her in a while, but she gives me hope, and I give myself hope. Because I know I'll keep believing in what I believe in, no matter who tries to stop me, though I am open-minded. Uh, I think that just seeing people fighting for their rights and for who they love, people who they believe in, they just give me so much hope for the future that it'll be a better world someday. Could I go next? Uh, yeah, so personally for me, um, I don't know what it is, but I, I, I personally think that there is never going to be no hate in the world. There's never going to be no hate because hate is, pro hate is kind of like war. War and hate are both profitable. You gain something from hating someone. You gain something from being mean, you gain something, just like war. And war will never stop happening unless it stops being profitable. Same thing with being mean. 
you don't gain anything from being nice. You sometimes even lose stuff. But the thing about it is that people need to realize that when you're mean and when you gain something from being mean, you are taking that directly from someone else. Somebody is directly losing from you. And there needs to be some sort of way to make it so that being mean is has the same result as being nice. But the thing about being not, they both make it so that being mean does not have anything, any gain, any profit. There needs to be a way so that the so that you might as well be nice because why not? Well, that's a thing that is said very often. Like, what are you going to lose from helping somebody get up? Like. You see a kid drop their ice cream. What are you going to lose from apologizing to them or helping them up? You don't lose somebody, anything. You don't lose anything. But you don't from, gain anything other well, than Why a do you need to gain anything? As long as That's it makes That's the point. You, That's what I'm trying to make. Well, yeah, you don't need to gain anything from being a good person. But the thing about it is that there is a we need to remove the stigma about being nice. Nobody's outwardly taught to be mean. They're actually taught against it. But there's just a sort of unspoken rule where you don't be nice for some reason. Like, being mean is cool in some way. Like, people be mean in media, and then people think, oh, th that character's cool, and they're mean. So they make that connection. They never outwardly say that being mean is cool, but people make that connection in their minds. And then all these campaigns against being mean are just this, like, anti-bullying campaigns, I'm just gonna say it, are a bad idea because they never work, and they're always, we, everyone always looks back on them and is like, that is funny because of how bad it is. The thing about it is the only way for it to change is for something fundamental in our society to change. Something fundamental about our society to change. I hope for people just to be like, kind of like what Maya said at the beginning, being open to open-minded. And then I also hope people like can take in information and be able to go with that information and almost like, work it into their daily lives like with covid having to change their the way they do and do things in daily life lives um without like getting mad that it's not cooperating with your your style of life thank you all so much i hope you will come back at another time this summer for us to do round two I've learned a lot from talking with you all and listening to you all. I've been Max. Am I the only one who's going to say something? Oh, are we doing that thing that like people on NPR do? Like, well, this was this person. Oh, we're doing <laughs> yeah, that? That was, that was really awkward because I'm like, I've been Max, and then I like put Yes, it up you have been Max, but you are no longer Max. You have no, been no, no, no. Guys, Mr. Dr. Susan B. Anthony Mitchell Fauci Polk.
but it's always kinda sunny out And I don't wanna hurt no more So I set my bar real low I'm A-OK, I'm A-OK You say it but you just don't mean it You're so insane, you're so insane Shut up and just enjoy this feeling Don't you love it, don't you love it No, I ain't happy yet But I'm way less sad Don't you love it, don't you love it No, I ain't happy yet But I'm way less sad But the sheep all died And I'm trying too hard But I can't not try Well I can't fall asleep And I'm losing my mind Cause it's half past three And my brain's on fire 